When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast. This is episode 114, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become that influential voice in your industry with a podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, my guest today says, embody your brand and the lessons we share. And joining me on today's show is Marina Pasolaris. Now, Marina is the founder of Beautiful Minds, Australia's leading provider of self-esteem, confidence, and life skills workshops for preteen boys and girls aged 8 to 11 and teens aged 12 to 17. She's also the author of two best-selling books for teens and a regular in the media sharing her expert views in the youth and parenting space. Now describing herself as a bridge between parents and their teens, Marina works closely with young people and their families and she's dedicated to helping them achieve happiness through education about vital life skills and most importantly self esteem and confidence. Now on today's show, Marina is going to share how she grew her company from zero capital to now 80 staff. She's going to talk about tips on how to manage and inspire a team, as well as the obstacles that most businesses have and how to navigate them. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Anne-Marie. It's so lovely to be on. Thank you for having me as a guest. So as we were going live, because we are streaming live as we're recording this podcast, uh, people that are over there on Facebook would have heard you share a little bit about the history of Beautiful Minds. But for those people who are just hearing that now first time on the podcast, I'd love you to share how did Beautiful Minds come to be? Because it's an incredible story of growth. So I actually, um, my background was working in, in modeling agencies and, you know, you can imagine that 16, 17 years ago, there was such a huge focus on women to just look amazing. There wasn't, you know, we weren't having the mental health conversations in schools that we have currently. And um, just with all the young girls that were coming into the agency and wanting um, some advice and some support around issues that they were going through in their own personal lives. Mm. I, I stepped back and I just thought, you know what, there's an enormous opportunity here for a gap in the market that is not currently being filled. And why are we not having conversations around mental health, um, being emotionally uh, stable, happiness, nutrition, relationships, everything that makes us up as a whole, you know, human being. Mm. And at the time, I had a great relationship with the modeling agency owners, and I went to them and I said, look, I've got this fantastic idea that if we could develop a workshop for young people, get them through the door, get their confidence and their self-esteem up, if they value who they are, they're going to be much better for us when they go out into the marketplace and are dealing with our customers. 
and the agency owner, I never, never forget. She sort of sat back in her chair and she looked at me and she just went, I think it's a bit of a stupid idea. And you know, when you just have that moment in life where you go, I can't be here anymore. I've, yeah. I've gone as far as I can within this organization. And I quit that afternoon and I, I went home and I remember sitting at home and just right until one o'clock in the morning, I wrote this program of what I would want it to look like. And at the time we were, I was only focusing on women. We now yes. obviously educate boys as well. Um, but I just had this passion about talking about conversations that we weren't having, um, you know, they weren't being discussed in schools. And I got a group of, of uh, top psychologists together and parenting experts together. And I said, this is what I want to do. Um, and there was definitely some resistance because, you know, 17 years ago, as I said, we just, we weren't there yet. Mm, yeah, I love that. Mm. And uh, share the story, if you will, where you said to one of your close friends who was a journalist at the time, I'd love to have an article about this. And from there, the company just, well, it wasn't a company back then, was it? But mm. things really started to, uh, to blossom for you. So tell us a little bit about that. So I called one of my best friends, Sharon, at the time, and she was a journalist for the Courier Mail in Brisbane. And I just said to her, you know what, I really want to do these workshops. And back then I wasn't thinking that I was going to start a business. I just wanted to do something with, with purpose. I wanted to be able to get up in the morning and, and know that I was excited for what the day had in store for me. And so this for me was really going to be something that was a bit of a hobby. Mm. And I called up Sharon and I said, look, could you just do a, a, you know, I was thinking something tiny, just a little mention that this workshop would be going ahead. And um, the next thing I knew she had a double page story about the need for mental health in schools, the need mm. for this conversation to be had, why we weren't having it. And the fact that beautiful minds were the first in the country. And this is when, the workshop was going to happen and you could call this number and, and book in. And back then I was, you know, I just bought a little house uh, in Queensland. I, I was mortgaged up to the hilt. I'd quit my job at the modeling agency mm. and I had this workshop coming up and the phone did not stop ringing. I had conversations with people all over Australia. Wow. And I think then and there, I realized that I was onto something really special mm. because people were crying out for this support and there was nothing of its nature uh, in, in the marketplace. Yes. What I love about that story is, well, there's so many different things, but most importantly, don't listen to other people when you've got an idea. And you base that idea because you kept, you know, observing what was going on for those young girls and um, yeah. you saw there was that need. And how often do we come up with an idea? We share it with someone who is quite close to us. And in this instance, firstly, mm -hmm. it was uh, one of the, the people that you were working with and quite often we base or we assume that idea doesn't have any merit based on on the feedback that we get is it because of of the feedback that you could see from the, the the young girls that you were working with or were there other things to consider too the reason I ask that is how many of us have left ideas to the to the side because of the mm. fact that someone or some ones um, many people have told us it doesn't work so if you think back what were some of the main reasons that just you know, prompted you to continue this? Look, I was, um, I was a model booker for a great agency. And the things that we were coming up against every single day was girls that just had no confidence. Mm -hmm. Their self-esteem, their, their value for who they were was so incredibly low. They were self-harming. 
there was eating disorders. We were sending them out to photographers that were asking them to do, you know, incredibly inappropriate things for them to be, uh, you know, in, in shoots and in campaigns. And because I was quite young, you know, I was 26 when I started Beautiful Minds, I was at an age where these girls could really relate to me. So yeah. I wasn't seen as a mum or a school teacher that they had no connection with. And it was that kind of connection and that sort of rapport that allowed them to share their stories with me. And I, every single day there was a different story coming in the door. And I just thought, you know what, I've got a duty of care as a human being, if not anything else, yeah. if it's not going to turn into to a business as a human being, my duty of care is to help these girls get yeah. through life in a very safe way. And they were trusting the agency with, you know, with their, their daughters mm. and we weren't looking after them. And so that kept on reaffirming to me every single day that, that, that there was something that needed to be done. And when I started to research schools back then, do you know there was not a single school in Australia that was having conversations around mental health 16 yeah, years that's ago? That's incredible. No one it? was doing it. Such a short amount of yeah. time when you think about it. And now uh, we're having so many conversations, thankfully, um, you thankfully. know, quite op yeah. open to that. And and uh, mm. to think that, as as you've mentioned, you know, Beautiful Minds was uh, one of the first or the first that really mm. was starting to talk about that. So, okay, so all of a sudden your phone started going off the hook. I'm sure I'm assuming you probably had an idea of of a, a little area that you were going to hold this workshop. And all of a sudden you're thinking, I need to hire, you know, the MCG Stadium or something like that, much bigger. <laughs> Um, or, so what, what were the steps that some of the key steps that you can share that really showed the, the steady growth of, of your business? But I think early on, because I think what we do early on is going to determine how we continue, can continue to sustain mm -hmm. our business growth. So what were some of the things mm -hmm. you did early on? So I looked at the map of where I was located in Queensland and I thought, where from a logis logistical point of view could I get around to um, that I could actually get this content into the hands of these young people? And I you know, mapped out Brisbane and Noosa and Sunshine Coast and Gold Coast. And I set a whole lot of dates for myself during school holidays that I would get around to these workshops. And, you know, Facebook, I don't even think Facebook, it's, Facebook hadn't even started. Mm. I'm showing my age. <laughs> Facebook hadn't started when I started Beautiful Minds. So we weren't doing Facebook marketing and ads like we were today. I was placing, and I'm back then, paying about $900 to do one newspaper ad in an area. And that ad would draw, you know, young people to, to the area. And then I would keep rolling it through from there. I was also going into a lot of schools and just saying to schools, don't pay me. I'm just going to come in. I'm going to talk to your young people about, you know, what, what they're going through currently. And it was interesting because there were a lot of schools that were very positive about it and a lot of schools that just didn't want a bar of it. They just didn't want to touch it. Um, the, the conversations that I would have with them were along the lines of, you know, the curriculum is, is what it is. We don't have the capacity to have conversations around their mental health um, and therefore we won't be addressing it. It's not a school's problem. It's a parent problem. And that was a real fight for me in the early days wow. to go around to schools to just say, I've run the workshop. I've put X amount of students through these are the issues they came through the door with. This is how they felt at the end of it. You know, please mm. hear me that there's a problem here that we need to, to sort of start addressing. Um, and then I would just go around to local libraries and I would have conversations there and 
basically talk to whoever I could, you know, whenever I was on a stage, it was my platform and, and mm. um, time to be able to share the work that we were doing. And most of it I did for free in the yes. early stages. Yes. One yeah. of the things I think, um, you know, mentioning about going out and having conversations, so very important, connections and relationship building because that particular person there may not be something that happens then however they speak to someone else and they hear about a need and then all of a sudden they think oh marina and and connected the two what what was the point that you started to then see this starting to build because you've got to start momentum and doing the free mm. often is a great way to start because you're also getting feedback and the feedback that you were getting was this is making an impact in the lives of the children who are coming to these workshops so that really was um, great great information and feedback that you could share to the new connections that you were making but at what stage did you start to see all of those seeds you were planting really starting to gra grab hold to the point people were ringing you and you were starting to then book and I would be I would imagine starting to get paid to run some of these workshops I'd say probably two years in to mm. be honest so for the first two years I actually um, had a little bit of a secret job that I, I can laugh about now but I worked in a yogurt factory oh. and I would get up at 3 a.m in the morning and I would go into this freezing cold room and I would be you know, decked out with plastic um, coats and, and boots and a cap. And I'd manually, literally manually pipe yogurt for four hours until wow. I could hardly move my hands. And then I would go home and shower and then start in the office at 9am and work from nine until five. And that yogurt business that I did for two years, you know, kept me, uh, you know, kept me fed and kept the mortgage going um, until I could actually get the brand up and going. And so I guess I always hear stories of people making excuses or there's a lot of fear around starting something. Mm. And I always reflect back on it and go, you know what, if you're really hungry to do something, you will find a way to do it. Yeah. And I can't say it was the most enjoyable two years of my life. It, it literally almost killed me with those hours. But mm. um, I did it because I believed that I had a product that I wanted to see you know see it going all around australia yeah. you know we, i started to get a very clear vision of what i wanted to look wanted it to look like yeah i mean we've all heard and i'm sure you've heard too of simon sinek who talks about why you know what's your purpose what's your why and that very much mm. uh is what we're hearing from you too and then I, i'd imagine every time that you were you know using the, or, or filling the yogurt this was another life that you were going to save or multiple lives when you were working through that two-year period and things were starting mm. to evolve slowly did you have a team at that stage maybe a a small no. part-time team it was still on your own it was still on my own I would bring people in like little contractors here mm. and there but majority of the work that I was doing was on my own because I needed to gather the footage and I think what was so exciting after mm. the two-year period was that I could go back to the students from the initial stage and say where are you now what's changed for you in your life? Mm. How have I impacted your life in a positive way? How's the content assisted you with making you know, wise decisions moving forward? And that's the way that I could then package it up and start to, yeah. to make validate. it more exciting. Yeah, validate how that information's yeah. impacted uh, them yeah. along their journey of life. Yeah. So when you then, then did start to hire staff, who was the first hire? And what, what was, what was the, the, the tasks that you got them to do for you? 
So the very first person that I had was a girl called Heather and we're still really great friends today. And she did a lot of the work on my website and just helping me with branding um, and just helping me in terms of a bit of marketing work as well. Um, And that was for me so exciting because, you know, when you start to see your brand really take shape and come Mm. to life, um, then, then that's a wonderful thing. And then from there, it just sort of started to snowball. Um, I would get different, different people in as I needed them and, and always would look, around and go, you know, what are my, what are my strengths? What can I do? What am I great at? And then where are all the gaps in the business? And then going out and finding incredible people to be able to support you with those, with those gaps. Yeah. I'd imagine and we're going to talk about that in a moment, but I'm loving that we're able to unpack the growth because so often as business owners, we, we look at what other people are doing, but they're farther ahead of us. And we may not need to invest in that particular strategy or, or that team member but then take it back to to where we're at to help us grow and build that momentum Mm. so would you have done looking back hindsight is a wonderful teacher would you have done anything differently looking back or you see that it's worked out quite well for you look I think looking back I would have actually invested more money in um, a business coach Mm. to be honest I think I could have really shortened the the time frame down a lot more in terms of the the mistakes that I made if yes. I've had someone um, and just a few more mentors yeah. and and invested in a few more workshops that would have would have assisted uh, me with what I was doing because it was so new to me you know I yeah. I didn't go and do uh, a uni uni course in in business or anything so I just was learning as I was going yeah. um, but I do think a business coach is is great I've got one um, today and and he's phenomenal yeah it's really wonderful just to have someone to bounce ideas off yes as we mentioned in the introduction Mm. you run those uh, self-esteem confidence and life skills workshops so uh, you you have been doing them for for all of this time of course have they evolved over time and have your service offerings and programs that you run evolved as as well or have you kind of kept oh, it yeah. similar yeah yeah okay. the, the business looks completely different it's, okay. it's it's actually funny looking back to what we used to do um you know 16 years ago whereas now as you said earlier we've got a, a team of 85 um on board and it's a national organization um our workshops are completely different when i started i just focused on teenage girls now we understand that there's such a need to get to young people at an earlier stage in their life so we have incredible workshops for our preteens, which is little girls age, little girls and boys aged eight to 11. Yeah. And then the teen bracket is from 12 to 17. We have been working really hard with a team in America that do all Tony Robbins online content. Mm. And we're la- launching our first parent and young persons online program uh, that will be launching quite soon, actually, and probably in about a month. Mm-hmm. So we've got the online component. Um, we go into schools. So we're currently in 935 schools around Australia, and we've got educators going out every single day um, delivering modules from our school sessions. We do a lot of corporate workshops. We do mm-hmm. events. Um, we've got amazing brand partnerships with Westpac Bank, Fujifilm, 20th Century Fox, uh, Cottons, um, and you know we've got some really exciting things on the card. We we have a very exciting meeting coming up at Parliament House mm. um, with our Minister of Education to discuss some uh, amazing work that we're wanting to do. And ironically, and you you spoke about this so beautifully earlier, one of my very first students, um, and you're talking about connections with people. Mm. 
at the time, her father was just, you know, an amazing barrister in town, but that was pretty much it. He's now a very, very well-known MP. And he, from 16 years ago, because I've kept that relationship with his girls, I check in with them all the time, he has secured this meeting for us in Parliament House. Mm. And that's taken us 16 years of uh, nurturing a beautiful relationship um, with the family to be able to turn around to him and to say, now I'm ready. Yeah. Now we're going to go after one wow. of our biggest goals ever. Yes. And, you know, as I hear you speak, I mean, the, the, the skills, the life skills and self-esteem skills, everything you teach these young children as they continue to um, grow older and then maybe one day have their own children. Can you imagine when it does mm. go full circle and some of your mm. older students uh, then mm. get the new students and who are the children mm. of uh, those children? Amazing. Relationships, I think, in any business is so important. It's it's a lesson that I'm frequently reminded too that often, I mean, we can't build a business on our own. We wouldn't expect to. You've got a team of 85, 15 you mentioned are in your office where you're at and it's doggy day today. Bring your dog. That's why we saw a beautiful <laughs> little puppy walking by. And you've got uh, um, also other team who are working at different locations and probably some virtual teams supporting you as well. So we couldn't expect to do that on our own. But similarly, I think we can't expect on our own to open doors to opportunities where we really need to start looking at alliances, organisations. You mentioned some really key organisations that we know very well. Uh, what was the stage that you decided to, as a team or individually, approach some of those businesses to talk about various alliances at what stage and for someone who's thinking of doing that as well what advice would you give to them because that's a whole other you know stakeholder conversations a whole other aspect of business growth and skill you need to have to be able to yeah. do that well i think it's about being brave yes. and just knowing that you can ask a question and they can say yes or they can say no and so when I was living in Queensland, I got to a stage where I wanted to um, develop a really big teen, a, a youth event, because what I was finding was that young people were coming and doing our workshops and they were loving it, but they weren't sharing it on social media because it was still the stigma around coming to a mental health workshop. So I thought, how do I flip this on its head? And I started an event called BU Day and BU Day would attract, you know, down the track, it was attracting a thousand teens to it. Wow. And it was a one-day event with celebrities and bands and beauty stalls and, and all sorts of incredible act activations happening throughout mm -hmm. the day. And when I was living in, in Queensland, I contacted Girlfriend Magazine and they were still around at the time. And I said, look, I want to do this amazing event for young people. We're the only mental health organization uh, in Australia at the moment. Um, and this is the idea that I've got. We will, we will run it. We will set it up. We will make it happen. And at the time, I wanted to actually host it in Brisbane. And the gorgeous editor um, of Girlfriend Magazine, Sarah, said to me, we're in and we'll commit to it, but you have to live in Sydney if you're going to be doing this because uh -huh. we want to work with you in a, in a, um, you know, a more involved capacity and we want mm -hmm. to be able to plan. And it's just too hard with you in Queensland. So if you ever do get to Sydney, um, you know, let us know and we can look at it again. And me being me, um, I called her four weeks later and I said, right, I'm moving to Sydney. <laughs> I've got an apartment. Um, I'll be there in a month. And I didn't know a soul in oh. Sydney. I literally uprooted the whole business after I'd built it up for so many years. Uh, and nine years ago, I moved to, uh, to Sydney and I sat That's with nice. girlfriend, built this whole brand, this whole sort of side brand up. Um, which was incredible from a marketing point of view uh, yeah. and a publicity point of view. 
And then I started going to, to sponsors once we were one year in with the event. Yeah. And the great thing is, is that all of the sponsors that signed up nine years ago are still with us, yeah. which is really, really incredible. Amazing. So the lesson yeah. that I can see from that is don't be tied to the outcome. I love that because how many women, we've got these ideas, we just need to get out there. And it doesn't matter if the first few people say no, because we often take that personally, don't we? However, imagine if you had have said that, Marina, well, what if they say no? all of the lives that you've been able to impact um, through doing that. So really establish a solid relationships, maybe with one partner first. And from there, mm -hmm. I mean, because that's really validating. It's social proof, isn't it? And it rallies Absolutely. then support from other organisations who say, you know what, we would love to be able to um, to get behind that as, as well. All right, we, we have just covered so many incredible golden nuggets, but we also promised to share with people from your perspective, how best to manage and inspire a team. I can just sense from you that you would be just an awesome leader in your business. Um, and you're talking about mental health. So that's ov ov obviously very important that you create an environment that takes care of your staff. But what are some things that you do, maybe as an organization that is quite unique, or maybe that other people are doing it but because you've done it consistently you've got the strong culture what are a couple of things you want to share today I think one of the, the best things that we've done as a team is that I understand that our team are faced with some pretty challenging stories every single day. So when you are giving so much love and so much energy on a day-to-day -day basis, it's really important that we actually fill up our own cups and you know take time uh, in our own lives to make sure that we are the best version of ourselves so that we can support um, the nation of people that we're working with. Mm -hmm. So we recently i took the the team recently for a, re a rewards trip to bali uh and we wow. we had an incredible two weeks uh trip over there and there was no work involved and it was literally massages and great food and some time to just unplug and i think that's really important that if we are saying to all these young people and to the families mm -hmm. that you know, take time out from social media, make sure you're eating well, make sure you're exercising well, that as a team, we need to be doing the same, uh, the same thing here. Yes, so, so true. Um, you know, I think uh, often we'll, when we're at work and we're focusing, we can forget, as, and particularly as business owners too, because we're so passionate about the work that we do. But as leaders of our business, we're also modelling that to the mm. rest of our team. So we certainly mm. need to do that. We've spoken about a number of different um, obstacles and things like that, how to navigate them. What are some of the things that you've been able to navigate through that maybe through observing other businesses in different industries of course but that you see that they they often will find themselves getting stuck you mentioned one of them was around um, you know being dedicated to putting in the work getting that done and, and seeing it through and doing other things if we need to have a what we call a portfolio career to support to support and fund your business operation but are there another couple of things that you've learned and continue to really work towards that you think if businesses did just change their mindset around this or took some different action they too would be far more ahead than what they are. Any insights mm. on that? Mm. Oh, no, absolutely. I think one of the things that scared me the most was investing in staff members. You know, mm. when, you, when, you, when you make that decision to start hiring a team of people, it can be quite daunting because you think, oh my goodness, you know, do we have, do I have the, the capital to do this? Am I going to be able to pay them on a weekly basis? But, you know, if you, if you and it's true, if you hire people that are smarter than you, they will make that revenue back for you, you know, five times, 10 times. Um, and it's just about really backing yourself as a human being and going, you know what, 
um, I need to do X, Y, and Z. And, and just getting, getting the best people that you possibly can. Don't start, uh, don't undervalue yourself by starting with someone that's got, you know, you know, not all the skills that you need. Try and find the best people out there. Mm. Um, and we've just, we've just headhunted, um, a girl from one of the top agencies in the world and she starts tomorrow and we cannot wait because she's so much smarter than all of us. She's worked on, on some of the biggest campaigns that that have ever been brought to life. Uh, And she's going to be here working with us in the organization. And that is so exciting because it will inspire all of us in the team and, uh, and get us thinking big picture as opposed to, you know, holding ourselves back and I think people need to remember that and just pick pick the best where you can yeah I love how you said that because it segues beautifully into the next question that I have as we nearly come to the end of the show and that's as a as a business owner and leader of our business we often have to take the role of visionary because we've got our Mm -hmm. team and they're obviously supporting us and sometimes Mm -hmm. as business owners we can get stuck in the mundane things the mundane things are really important very very important Mm -hmm. because if they didn't those tasks weren't done we wouldn't be able to operate at the level that we want so as a business owner yourself I mean you've hired someone who's got a real vision so I'm sure she's just going to completely drive that but for you if you look back over the 17 plus years what what aspect or timing if you will in the business do you spend on vision how do you come up with new ideas are there some things that you do to always enable yourself to be ahead of the curve Look, it's funny. I think we, as a team, just get on really well. We all absolutely, you know, adore each other. And so on the weekend, I'll get text messages from from our team members going, what about this and screenshots of this and ideas. And so their brains never switch off. They are completely 100% dedicated to the work that they do here. And that is so incredible for me, you know, as a a leader to see that. Um, And I, I guess I'm lucky enough to to still be so excited by what I do every single day. Mm-hmm. I get out of bed and I'm just so inspired by the change that we can make. And the sky's the limit. I mean, we're launching in the US. We've got this global platform that's going out soon. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking to, you know, some big, big, big people in the, in the States that are wanting to, to collaborate with us. And so for me, it's just this constant um, vibe of you know this and this and this and this and 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 that I think we all feed off each other in the team mm. as well because it's just there's never a dull day it's yes. never a groundhog day yeah um, and we work so far ahead you know if you look at the calendars up on the wall we are we're now we're in we're in planning mode we kind of have almost booked and planned everything right up until August next year so yeah. we think we have lots of strategy days as well um, I have the most incredibly supportive partner and he uh, is a screenwriter for Warner Brothers. So he's mm. got, he's a big picture thinker as well. And we spend a lot of the time planning our life and what we want with this, with this brand. He's equally as invested in, in the work that I do. And that's great to have someone at home that supports, you know, what, yes. what I'm doing. So important. I mean, we talked about, um, mm. you know, setting visions and setting plans. Would you say that you look over the, the, the years that it's been so clear your vision and what you want to achieve and that's really continued to allow your business to grow, to evolve, but continue to head in the one direction? Because sometimes what I see as business owners, because we haven't clearly defined our vision, we're kind of like this all over the place. And every time we have to do a shift in a 
pivot, we are detracting our attention. So would you say that you've been like clearly focused? It's been that one focus, which is to impact the lives yeah. of your, you know, you, you, you youth that's evolved over time, but it's been consistently heading in that one direction. Would you say that that's been important? Absolutely, because I, I often talk to people that are doing so many different things. You know, mm. they're, at, they're at this and they're at this and this, and you can't be everything to everyone. You've got to really be very, you've got to have that laser focus on, you know, what is the problem that you're trying to solve in the world and how, you gonna, how are you going to do it yeah. uh, and just keep it at that. And um, we've never gone off course with what we do. We've, we've got an age range that we stick to. We've got an outcome that we stick to. Uh, mm. We've got a quality that we adhere to, and, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, and that we just work on that every single day yeah and that's I love important. that it's the clarity mm. the team knows it they live it out it's mm. your purpose and it sounds mm. like you're attracting the right type of team that has the same like-mindedness which is why the team continues to to evolve but they're all heading mm. in that one direction and we know that that's so mm. very important I have loved our conversation today Marina I, I know that <laughs> uh, I know that people who are watching and of course listening to the podcast will as well and they'll be asking me to ask you this how can they find out more about Beautiful Minds? How can they connect with you? Wonderful. Definitely head to our Instagram page. It's a lot of fun. You'll get to get a real good feeling about the brand. And that's at Beautiful Minds. We've got a Facebook page, Beautiful Minds Australia, and the website, which is beautifulminds.com.au. So we'd love you to jump on board and say, say hi. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks so much for coming Wonderful. on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Have an awesome day. You've been listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including our no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklist to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini trading. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.